Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. Uh, tonight, I am joined by the beanied one, Gerard, wide-eyed, bushy-tailed. Bird. Hello! Greetings and salutations! All the gamers and nerds. Hello. That's right. So really quick, I have a question since you've moved to Arizona. Yes. How much is your AC cranked in order for you to be still comfortable in a beanie in Arizona? Um, And folks, that's a baby face Theo Walski. (laughs) Probably like, well, because it has in the 70s in your house right now where it's maybe a little higher outside. High 60s. Oh, my fan is going off all the time. (laughs) <laughs> and we periodically put on the AC. Um, but that's because like right now it's not that bad. But come June, like end of June, I, I have to figure out something else. I will not be able to wear beanies. <laughs> like that's just a given. But I, I have an I like I've said, I think I said it in another podcast, I have an idea. Okay. That I'm gonna start I, I doing to for for summer. At least you can bring back the beanie with the the soup cozy that we talked about. So at least it's still incorporated. That thing is so. That's a good idea. That was a really good idea. <laughs> and in fact, I feel like I kind of seen something like that made no. on Etsy. No, we got we got a copywriter. We do. We got stuff. to make ours <laughs> different colors. We can have them the- game themed. Right. Right. BGN. Somehow say they're double lined. <laughs> vacuum sealed (laughs) there you go (laughs) see yeah absolutely oh so how's everyone and honestly and also guys we are we are sad to disappoint newman that the lion's mane and the couch are not with us tonight he's unfortunate not able to make it with us the couch is missed yeah and sorry, so, but no, my bed is not available. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Newman is already starting off nice and early in the show. As he's saying, you need a you need a beanie replacement because we need something to cover up that hair, which we know you don't really get cut all that much. Um, no, I mean at least no. you didn't say to cover up the hair on the face here. Just kind of never, never. I'm proud of well, my beard. I'm yeah. very proud of my beard, um, as you should. Yeah. It's awesome. But still. <laughs> yeah, so how's everyone's week been? Toned. Bro, I can't yeah. wait for this week to be done. This yeah. Week, this week needs to be done. It's Ooh. been... Uh, down down the minutes. It's been an is- interesting uh, week training for the for the new job. I'm getting there, feeling more comfortable, getting uh, getting some actual like training. So it's... Oh, are you uh, in the office now for your training? Or are you not, still remote? Not yet. I'm still doing remote until... Um, I was told possibly uh, around June first, I'll be, I'll be heading to the office. Oh, so, okay. cool. Yeah. Nice, dude. Yeah, nice. yeah. Not doing too bad. Enjoying it. Learning a lot. Getting a lot of information. So it's been exhausting a little bit, but not bad. <laughs> How about you, Matt? How's your week? Uh, it's been that, that, that kind of week. Just been tedious, and you know it. <sighs> I hate to say it, it's just it is what it is. It's a weak job. <laughs> you know, yeah, I can't complain about the job and whatnot. Um, at least I have one right now. Um, right. But, you know, it's just a lot of tedious stuff this week, going over a lot of analytics and, and whatnot, and being asked to do more than what I'm supposed to be doing 
you know, that, that's true. Oh, because that never happens to anybody. Never. It never Never, never in our job. But uh, you can do more for the same amount of money. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, and also a special shout out to one of our tester alumni. Uh, I believe it was Christy Pride's birthday. I think it was yesterday day, yeah. we sent I sent we yeah, sent out day. a happy birthday. So happy birthday. Happy birthday, Christy. Yeah. But uh let's let's get to it because there's a lot to talk about tonight. Um so everybody knows kind of what what's been going on over in the Middle East with Israel and, and Palestine. Thankfully, a ceasefire was declared. It starts at 2 a.m. um Friday their time. Um so here's the thing is, though, is we know from the past conflicts that they've had, those ceasefires don't hold very long. So I hope this one does hold long. Um, but one of our primary topics tonight does deal with kind of what's going on over there. So um, about a week ago, the IGN staff put up an article on IGN giving um, links to charities that you could support uh, for displaced Palestinians, um, you know, the families, the kids, you know, they were actually really worthwhile um, charities and stuff to, to do it with. So, um, in the middle of the night though, IGN management. So this is not the, the editors, the editor chiefs, any of that stuff. It is the actual management, upper management Mm. decided to pull said article, um, in the middle of the night, gave everybody kind of like an email when they were all sleeping going, Hey, guess what? This is what we're doing. Um, and here's the statement that they gave. Okay. Okay. Across IGN, our hearts are heavy as we follow the events in Israel, Palestine, and across the region. Our first thought is always for the broader IGN community, our employees, readers, and partners, and our hopes for their safety and well-being. real quick, just a disclaimer. There is an Israeli IGN office. Okay. Okay, so we'll just Mm. preface that right there to start this, okay? Um, We have a track record of supporting humanitarian efforts and charities across the globe. In the instance of our recent post regarding how to help civilians in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, our philanthropic instincts to help those in need was not in line with our intent of trying to show support for all people impacted by tragic events. By Mm. highlighting only one portion uh, or sorry, only one population, the post mistakenly left the impression that we were politically aligned with one side. That was mm-hmm. not our intention, and we sincerely regret the error. We, didn't intend, uh, we do intend to continue to use our platforms and resources to aid those civilian lives impacted across the entire area. As part of this effort, we made a donation of $25,000. That's a drop in the bucket for them to save the children, an organization that, supports, uh, that works to support children everywhere and provides emergency aid in natural disasters, war, and other conflicts. Thank, oh, you for wow. support. Thank you for your support and for always engaging with us. Our community is a huge part of what makes IGN special. We'll continue to follow global events and look for ways to lead our support in productive, helpful ways. Hmm. All right. So given that we know that they have an, an office over there, at, I'm not sure where in Israel it is. Um, I'm guessing probably Tel Aviv, maybe, um, which is their major hub for media and stuff like that. But... Um, that's a pretty much kind of a slap in the face of their, their editorial staff to basically say, well, it wasn't in line with what our, our feelings are. So we're just going to do 25 grand to save the children, which is a global charity, mind you. It wasn't being directed directly to the conflict that's going on. 
Yeah, that's mm. pretty small for what they're worth as well as it being global and kind of glancing over what's going yeah. on in Israel. Um, and then, so the employees kind of got wind of it and they put, made global an open employees letter. or the Israel employees? Oh, the, this is kind of like, I think this more was, so the U.S. I think it's more the U.S. Like nationwide, I think, yeah. But this was, this letter that they wrote was an open letter to leadership, IGN, Ziff Davis, and J2 Global. So J2 Global owns IGN. Before okay. you read it, I just want to be, because uh, I know Matt will understand this at the very least. I'm just amazed that upper management actually knew how to take down a page or an article on their website. Right? <laughs> We I mean, all know upper management usually doesn't know the the tricks in order to do anything. Okay. Uh, like I don't know who they enlisted to well, maybe it, do it for well, them. You might actually you might actually still be right. They just like upper management took it down. They probably told someone um who's on this, get it down now. <laughs> yep. I'm sure it trickled down. I'm sure. So, I imagine so. But yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I want to preface- but they did do say that. So I want to preface this letter, the fact that it was signed by <clears throat> some of the more well-known IGN staff. Okay. Um, as well as just behind the scenes guys that do cameras, editing work. Like it wasn't just the on-screen personalities, those that write articles. Um, probably, you know, for anybody that really knows IGN, you know, Brian Altano, who's, you know, one of the big editors over there and does a lot of their podcasting and stuff. Um, he, he signed in among others. So the letter goes on and it starts and it's very pointed, um, to the management of J2 Global and Ziff Davis and the corporate leadership of IGN. We, the undersigned employees of IGN. Now I want to also kind of say is for anybody that's kind of watching along with the podcast, right? These guys that signed this letter, and you can go find it on, you know, Brian Altano's post, some of the guys from IGN, right? Everybody that reposted it. There are people who did not sign this letter, Hmm. but you have to keep in mind that probably some of them are more thinking about, hey, if there's backlash, how do I cover my family? How do I support my family? So I, I can get why you don't sign it, but then I can get, I get exactly why you do sign it. Um, so you can still be go, a silent supporter. Exactly. Um, but we, the undersigned employees of IGN, are appalled by the recent management decisions to subvert our editorial autonomy and remove our posts directing aid to the Palestinian civilians currently suffering a humanitarian crisis in Gaza, the West Bank, and Jerusalem. In our original posts, we offered our readers ways to support charities that helped injured and sick children supply educational resources and food assistance to victims and provide emergency medical relief for those wounded or displaced by the conflict. We feel these efforts should not be controversial. All humans deserve access to these basic rights. And it is important for those with means to offer aid in times of humanitarian crisis. Our original post was shared by thousands of people. And because of IGN's size and reach, we were able to serve as a leader for much of the rest of the industry to help support those whose lives are torn apart by this conflict. We are proud to be part of a team at a site that was able and willing to offer this level of visibility to such critical humanitarian support efforts. This decision to take down the post was made a day and a half after it was published. The takedown took place in the early hours of the morning on a weekend with no communication to its initial authors 
the general IGN staff or to the public as to why it happened. IGN's editorial team has guidelines about updating content deemed needful of changes, something that we've done multiple times in the past. But wholesale removal of pieces without posting an explanatory statement is expressly against our usual policy. Finally, more than 12 hours after the issue was first flagged to the broader team in our internal Slack, our staff received a late night email from IGN leadership well after reasonable working hours for the IGN global team with a statement that was published, which we just read. Um, There was no indication in the initial email that it would also serve as our official statement on the matter. While we are glad to see a sizable donation being made to Save the Children, we feel the decision to remove the original article and social posts. So that's the other thing is they deleted all the social media posts. Um, as well as subsequent statement from management is not only actively harmful to IGN's public reputation and its employees, but also highly disrespectful to much of its content team and broader staff. The statement accurate, inaccurately ascribes the retraction to those across IGN rather than to the members of our upper management team who made the decision, giving a public impression that the decision was made by the editorial staff. Despite this being a choice we did not make collectively, which many of us do not agree with. Following an IGN-wide meeting this morning, we have come to understand that this was a clear instance of corporate overreach and demonstrated blatant disregard for the most basic standards of journalistic integrity and editorial independence. The business interests of a publication's ownership and its editorial staff should stay separate at all times. Importantly, we feel the latest statement dangerously turns what was a matter of supporting innocent civilians facing a humanitarian crisis into a harmful case of both sides isms. Helping children and civilians harmed by the horrors of war should be uncontroversial no matter who the two sides are and is in keeping with IGN's ongoing efforts to highlight causes that are important to our team, such as support for Black Lives Matter last year and our more recent celebration of AAPI Heritage Month and joining the call to end AAPI hate. Uh, The victims here deserve the same support. And for those that aren't familiar with AAPI, that was... um, that focuses around the Asian hate that's been going on and the attacks on the Asian communities um, that we've seen over the last couple of months. Um, so we recognize the concerns expressed by upper management, but are nonetheless gravely disappointed by the lack of respect shown to our content team and broader staff in this matter and expect our leaders to take responsibility for their decisions. We, the undersigned, are calling for an all-hands meeting that includes IGN upper management and anyone at J2 Global or Ziff Davis who had a hand in the decision. <laughs> by the end of the week in which we would like full transparency after the reasoning and process behind the post removal. We ask that the management body responsible for the decision accept that responsibility publicly. We ask that the management recognizes IGN's editorial authority and autonomy with regards to what it publishes, regardless of whether that work is news, reviews, features, guides, video content, or promotion of initiatives. Our staff feels are important, such as issue awareness or charitable support. While we want to make sure all voices on our team, IGN management included, feel able to weigh in on what we say as a site and how we say it, we are adamant that corporate leadership does not get the final word in editorial decisions. Finally, we ask that management work with our staff to republish the piece. We are open to doing this through a process that incorporates management feedback and concern about how its content is perceived, but we firmly believe that we must be allowed to advocate for humanitarian causes freely across all channels. We are a team of creators who love what we do and take pride in our work, which was previously enjoyed, uh, has previously enjoyed the support of and freedom of unnecessary interference from our parent companies. 
We would like that relationship to continue to be a positive one. It is our hope that management recognizes its errors this past weekend and is willing to work with us to ensure that IGN can continue to stand as a trusted publication, unconstrained by interference from corporate interests, and able to freely inform its audience about opportunities to support important and meaningful causes around the world. Sincerely, a whole bunch of people. I want to guess. The um, Rebellion. And afterwards, there was people that were signed, that signed it after it was published. Now, okay. you, you talk about that, Jerry, right? But something like this, what's it usually lead to? Unionization. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Well, you, you, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think the incident in hand is going to really strike the nerve to start a union, but this no. is definitely going to start talks with something like this. Mm-hmm. Something like this always starts talks like, hey, maybe we yep. should – Think about it, and that's something correct. The company does not want, so they're gonna they're well, gonna have to that, fix. I would this. think those talks would start if upper management did not be open to the discussion that they asked for. If yeah, they started right. just shutting them down, then yeah, it's going to be just like okay, we're going right. to start unionizing, so that way you guys are forced to talk to us mm-hmm. type of deal. I thought that letter was very professional very understanding as it wasn't necessarily oh, yeah. like oh my god you guys are awful or anything like this it's just like it no yeah it wasn't so much like bounds. this is wrong the, yeah mm-hmm. like it, like, it we, wasn't we so were, much they were talking at them it was yeah, very yeah exactly it was very was it, like it was to the, the point jer- and and reiterating that it's like it's mm-hmm. common journalism to go in and make an edit like it can happen like it it has to go through many people in order to make it to the publish anyways so you have your editors you have your editors and chiefs and everything like there was a line of hierarchy to get it up there first yeah. so it was reviewed it's not like it was just posted out of nowhere um instead of whereas upper management upper management just decided to just take it down instead of opting it's like hey Maybe this might sound a certain way. Maybe we can rephrase it so it's a little bit more open. I think people right. would be really open to that. I agree. I concur. <laughs> you got your th- yeah, th- thesaurus out there? <laughs> I concur. <laughs> How many are there? How many other words? Look it up. <laughs> How many? Oh, let me get my notes. Hold on. <laughs> I think here's, here's my thing is just that it is – you know, when you've got – when they look at it, you know, you look at the fact that IGN Israel is over there. You know, they have the site and everything like that. And they basically took down an article that was, frankly, you know, supporting the ones that are displaced children and what they were specifically targeting. You know, these these people, right, in, in Palestine, yeah, they've got – Hamas has – they've been launching rockets in Israel. That's fine. But – Hamas does not have the air power to go against Israel. Mm-hmm. They do not have what – Israel has been punishing Palestine. And, you know, granted, this is something that's been going on for ages. I mean, it's been longer than my lifetime. Israel came Generations. In, in 1960. Yeah. You know, after people couldn't get along, they'd start carving pieces out of the world and stuff and, and whatnot. But this has been going on my entire life. I mean, there's been multiple conflicts, you know, this is nothing new. It's, it's probably going to go on for longer than our lives and stuff, but there was nothing wrong with saying, Hey, we need to support the Palestinian children and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, I saw a, a post about a YouTube video by a Palestinian who was, who made the video with his daughter 
to try and calm her down because she was so scared. Mm. The next day, he was killed in an airstrike. Oh, wow. That's how kind of like this is. You've got kids that are losing parents. And and granted, it like I said, it is both sides. There's, I mean, rockets are being launched in Israel. And, you know, we just need to just stop. And I think, honestly, from a world perspective, can we all just get along? You know, can True. we just... Put together, put aside these hates and start looking towards a world that Gene Roddenberry envisioned where everybody's working together for a, a common good. You know, that was the whole preface of Star Trek, you know. And, and they, he, he really he, like more and more of his ideas are like like TikTokers, YouTubers. It's crazy that you say that because so many people are you know using the last administration and kind of what's going on now like we really kind of need to rethink how we're approaching you know society now yeah everything yeah and you know a lot of people use star trek as like the foreground of you know he's not he's not wrong he wasn't wrong. Like, I mean the show kind of went like the whole the writing of the show kind of works and Look like what it's the basis it's so of weird. the show started with yeah when we went when they finally did first contact and you actually got to see Zephyrin Cochran which okay we're gonna go nerd speak now for Star Trek um you know Zephyrin Cochran is all responsibility for the warp engine you know and you know it was built out of a nuclear missile the hull of a nuclear missile yeah. is what was used as a symbol of hope and I would love for us to get to there as a world you know it's like. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we look back at if we look back at so many of those different things, like heck, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, right? The whole theme was just be excellent to each other, just chill and just be in yep. the moment and and whatnot and be kind to everybody. And I think that's what we need more of. And you know, as long as people are taking sides, this is never going to be fixed. But that being said, in any humanitarian crisis, people need help. Plain and simple. Let's help them on either I side. Think. Either side, right? On either side. And yeah. heck, IGN, you know what? The management could have come to them and said, hey, you know what? I love that you guys are supporting the Palestinians and what this is doing it. Can we find a similar charity that is Israel helping side. those that are impacted in the sites yeah. in Israel? Yeah. Um, and that could have been fair. That could They could have said, hey, yeah, sweet. Let's go ahead and edit that. We'll be like, hey, you know, we're going to put these these couple of charities in that if you want to help the the people over in Israel as well. Um and then it would have, wouldn't have been a, you know, management decision to go, well, no, we're just going to yank everything down in the middle of the night on a weekend. Right. So um, I hope for all of the IGN's uh, family's sake that they are, you know, they do get what they're looking for. Just a meeting to go, okay, what the hell? Explain it to us. Tell us what was wrong. You know, I hope they get that because, you know, the people, the folks at IGN um, that have come before and currently there because like greg miller was there at you know at ign that's where he was before he started kind of funny and even they're raising money for the palestinians um as well um but you know they deserve the right to know and they also need the right to have corporate interests out completely left out of the editorial process Mm. because then you start getting you know once you start getting corporate interests involved with a company like that and especially how as big and as as wide of a mm-hmm. net that they have you know in the world um 
you know, there has to be some oversight. And, but but that's what the editors was, were there this for. This was true, very true. This was just poorly poorly handled. It's one of those things that okay, we handled this wrong. Yeah, we got to fix it. I'm not necessarily sure if you are meaning it the same way because I feel like oversight <clears throat> kind of feels like it's a some like Big Brother type of deal. Yeah, uh, looking over. I would think well, like I mean, well, it's I mean, more it's of a still team in regards effort to for everybody yeah. because still like, in regards corporate, to corporate or the higher ups, st- yeah. it's still oversight to. But I would think what that, needs to like, be published. A good corporate intervention or whatever is that there is a set understanding on that side, yeah. but being unspoken or written or whatever or, without needing to intervene or anything like that. Because yeah. I mean, there's got to be policies. There's got to be ethics within it and yeah, everything it's going to be I, written I and understood was, i think this is just handled more like out of a like a crisis kind of manner like well, uh no just take here's it down the thing now. Is, though, is but the corporate though maybe it wasn't well thought out a corporate owner okay so honestly okay let's 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 look at it from our situation jerry okay we are under a record label okay right how would you feel if the record label without coming to us and talking to us about the situation, just went in and removed our episodes completely deleted. Oh yeah. I mean, no, no, obviously bother they, me. They should have, they should be unless the it was written in the contract. First. Yes. And that's the thing is that's what they're kind of getting at is that you have these corporate people that have interests that are on the money side on a specific side of True. the conflict or whatever coming in unilaterally without saying anything and removing editorial pieces. And that's how you get biased news. That's how you get biased news. Exactly. That's kind of like, I say it, that's like, Fox. you know, <laughs> I was going to go there, but let's not um, open that right now. Let's, no, no, no. <laughs> no, but no, that's how, Sorry, things, no, that's no, how you get, you know, because you have people that are giving directives. That's why certain news organizations, not naming the one that you just named, you know, they will report on certain Thanks. I was talking about the video game Star Fox. Oh, okay. Smooth save. Thank you. Smooth save. <laughs> Thank Were we talking about the, uh, you know, baseball on Fox, MLB on Fox, you know? There you, yeah, yeah. Fox, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, and, and here's Jason hopping in chat. He's miss, He's saying he misses us. Get your ass on bro, here. Yeah, miss you, you too, bro. On chat, you can hop on Zoom, dude. Yeah, you miss know? you too, bro. Anyways, you don't even have to be seen. Um, you can be heard. Right. Um, Miss you, Maine. But that being said, is once you start having corporate interests play a piece in the editorial process where they can unilaterally, without any reasoning, notifications whatsoever, go remove stuff, that's a problem. And that's yeah. where you start seeing journalistic lockdown. Yeah. And, and this problem has been going on forever, too, especially like studios getting involved with movies. Well, has there ever really been... A good idea that came from the studio when they get involved, for the most part, no. Probably not. I mean, I would say so no. I guess you're talking about Fantastic Four. <laughs> that is well, all three. One yeah. example. I would say all three examples. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, so I hopefully IGN gets it all figured out, and you know they kind of get back to normal because I think they do. There's really good people over there, and I know their hearts were in the right place. They'll recoup and they need, they just need to, I just think people need to remember, people just need to remember that conflict starts with somebody thinking they're right, 
regardless. Just assuming that they're right and everybody's going to agree with it. That's how conflict starts. Your angels will still lose to my middle deck. Anyways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm See, now you're starting conflict. <laughs> and my angels are going to take you down, sir. Uh, anyways. So, uh, Civil, War. To- Civil War. <laughs> Civil War, right? I'll bring in the elves behind it. Um, anyways, so uh, Deep Silver... Um, is going to be reopening the Free Radical Studio, which is responsible for Time Splitters. So we are going to be getting a full-fledged sequel to Time Splitters or a potential reboot of the entire franchise coming back. Um, man, talk man, talk about I, old. I played the ever-living crap out of Time Splitters 2 on the GameCube. GameCube, yeah. I was about to ask, like, when did you know, that... I, I almost, I I almost like was going to say 64. I'm too young for this moment. <laughs> it was short like, oh, oh my God, I feel so young. But no, no, I was around when that came out. But I mean, I, but I was almost going to say like a 64, but yeah, Game, GameCube, it came out, right? Yep. Now to give um, people some, you know, names that they've kind of made, you know, the games of Deep Silver is responsible for Metro, Saints okay. Row, oh, and uh, Dig Dead Island. Saints Row. Dig sorry, those games, one? baby. Saints Row, Island. you know the oh. the game that was supposed to have a sequel that we saw a trailer for at E3 2014. Which one was that? Did we? Dead Island. So oh, remember, yeah, yeah. Remember oh, they well, had the actually, jogger. Had that's, that oh, trailer. that's right, that's right. And, and uh, Jack Black was supposed was, was actually forever. contracted to be one of the voices in there because he was in the trailer, yeah. but it never came. But the sequel actually did come out. It's it's. Uh, uh, time yeah, technically it's it's in the same like world uh the game is called like time of blood or something like that hmm. the trailer just came out for it it's supposed to be no, no, still no, hasn't no, no. come out then sorry that game no that game is from the guys that did for left, um, for left for dead left for dead that's what it not is dead sorry not dead so, island that's right um, left for dead and honestly i see trail i I know the game you're talking about. I can't remember the title off the top of my head, but it looks like Left 4 Dead. Yeah, it's supposed okay. to be it, it like kind of a sequel, a spiritual successor to yeah. it. Um, mm. Kind of like, um, but yeah. Oh man, I totally. I, I, I loved that trailer from Dead Island. It was good. Oh yeah, it was funny, but yeah. it didn't. It didn't show anything related. No, to the game it was pure <laughs> like a cinematic trailer. Where yeah. I was like, okay, like cool. Was, it looked like they were going to make a TV show out of it. I mean, yeah. that being said, I did get tired of seeing the trailer because it was on all the time over yeah. in the PlayStation booth. It was, and yeah. like when you're waiting for Drive Club and Bloodborne, it was all like right there. <laughs> um, because you had Bloodborne, you had Drive Club. You get the song stuck in your head. Little Big Planet. Was a, that, that was a good song, okay. too. I bought the song. <laughs> because it was just stuck in my head. Um but you know, and it's good man, to see it even for a cinematic too. It's I like I feel like it still kind of holds up. Oh yeah, for it a cinematic, smooth. it looked it was really yeah. smooth. It looked good. All right, so let's let's move on to some other controversy that's started in the world of Nintendo. Oh jeez. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of rumor. Well, this so, and a lot of rumors coming out. Well, yeah. Um, Rumors and leaks, I'm kind of trying to stick away from right now. But anyway, yeah. so Nintendo announced this Amiibo uh, this week. It is the Zelda and Loftwing Amiibo for Skyward Sword. Comes out July 16th. It's going to be 25 bucks. 
It is pretty. Yep. It is pretty. However, they are packing in a very, very unique feature to this game that um, a lot of fans are thinking this is locking things down behind a paywall now. Um, because this has the unique ability to when you scan it, you are going to be able to go up into the world wherever you, you know, from wherever you are, whether you're in the open world, you're in a dungeon or anything like that, which the original game to my understanding is you had to be at a perch to go up into the world. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can go up and up in the sky, go do what you want to do. And then whenever you're ready, you can just scan the amiibo. It'll take you right back to where you were originally. So a lot of fans are up in arms on this because it's essentially locking a feature down behind essentially a paywall. True. You know, it's a pay to win. Um, now, granted, there's a lot of people that agree with that assessment, but they're still buying it anyways, which is fine because they're huge Zelda fans. Um, might I get it? I might just because I own quite a bit of the Zelda Amiibos and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm like starting to get to that point where I don't really need to buy Amiibos anymore. And, you know, I've maybe. only ever bought Zeldas or. Yeah. Well, I like did buy if, the- if an Amiibo came with like a collector's like yeah. Mega Man. That was a cool one to come to get, but I mean, I've got you know, I've got Dark Samus and Samus and Ridley and um, a bunch of the Zelda ones, including the Champions and Fireball Mario. Which Fireball Mario is my centerpiece because that is a yeah. rare amiibo. Keep yeah, keep those because the even the first wave of those uh, the Marios mm-hmm. are still very expensive because they're yes. very, they're hard to find now. Dude, most amiibos on eBay start at about forty bucks for the That's the important ones. So, yeah. um, so we'll see what happens with regards to that. Um, I, I agree with a lot of the fandom though that it's kind of kind of crappy to put a quality of life item locked behind an amiibo because as of as of to this point with the Zelda series, all the amiibos have done is give weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Weapons, items, or like that. That's what I that's loved about Breath it. of the Wild. Though, like those, those were good. Really helped you with the open or world. They made Breath really good decorations on the wall of your house. Right. That too. Because you I know, have, I have all um, of those. Yeah. Yeah. So I love them. You know, to me, it's like, eh, guys, come on, Nintendo, you can do better. But you know, it is what it is. It's Nintendo being Nintendo. And speaking of uh, games coming to Switch. Um, they have released uh, information that there's going to be a couple of new games coming to uh, Switch Online. Which oh, we've been clamoring from for some good games, some recognizable games from the Super Nintendo era. Okay, but we're getting Caveman Ninja, which was known as Joe and Mac here in the states. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, it's two cavemen that you're just kind of side-scrolling, beat them up, you know? And then you've got Magical Drop 2, which is a puzzle game from the Super Famicom, so over in Japan. Okay. Super Baseball Simulator 1.0, and Spanky's Quest, which I'd never, ever heard of. Come out May 26th. Um, and then you're getting... That's a real game. For the, it is a real game. For, and the, then for, for everyone and listening and watching, <laughs> that, is, that is a real game. It is a real game. Um, and then real uh, title. It starred Jerry in his adolescence. <sighs> I'm in a diaper. Oh my God. 
I thought that no. was Bob's adventure. No, you went too far. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you involved me. I, I go too far. All I'm right. Too far. Me in a diaper. <laughs> so from now on, I dub the Spanky. From here on Hello. out, there is no the beanied one has been Hi. retired. It is now Spanky. Um, Hi. and then that's how I'm gonna respond to that. Right? Hi. And then uh Ninja Jaja Marukun is coming, which was a game originally launched in Japan. So <laughs> then <laughs> why okay. I, I love Nintendo, really too, um, but why the heck are we bringing out games that nobody's really clamoring for? Yeah, I don't get it either. I mean, they started off strong giving us the Zeldas and the Mario Kart and for the Super Nintendo, but give me give me some city, give me Super Adventure Island, give me, you know, there's other things out there. Yeah. That people actually is, know. Is it I mean it can't be a licensing thing. They they own the properties. So they right. have to be able to No, a lot of these would have been licensed for Nintendo. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So they would have so, been able to put them online for the like Super Nintendo. Any of their any of their first party stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a ton. I, I, mean, I don't understand what's ta- what, and it really this is kind of weird because it's taken them a long time even to add games for Super we Nintendo. What, two, every two months we get yeah. another crop, maybe yeah. three months. Once and more, they, yeah. they really haven't been that great. How about and this? everyone? Every Nintendo fan has been begging for them to put GameCube or even. GBA, yeah, they've been, that's a they've been talking to Microsoft too much because they took a page out of Gold. Well, what's funny is X Pass, so that's why that, they're you might doing this crap there. there. Yeah, so yeah. with Game Pass and X Cloud, right? Um, it did come out. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I just lost I, my I already Get Newman. Get yeah. him, Newman. I already read it. That, that already me. made me oh, my God. laugh from Newman. I already <laughs> love that. Was um, actually really funny. <laughs> I bet you anyway. I could probably find it on Etsy. A beanie that is a diaper or underwear looking, just wearing it on your head. <laughs> oh my god! Two hundredth episode. I'm gonna find 300th it. Three hundredth episode. Maybe? I'm gonna find it. <laughs> just for one fifty. Um, forget two hundred. One fifty. That'd be yeah, funny. <laughs> that's, you know, still a little ways away. It's about a half a year away. Anyways, but uh, speaking of that, though, as you talk about it, right? It did come out as one of the leaks now. Also from the Apple versus Epic lawsuit that Nintendo has been in, in conversations about it potentially going to switch. So that would oh, be interesting wow. if it actually does come to fruition or not. Um, mm-hmm. But we know Nintendo mark goes along to their own drum, their own beat, and they'll do whatever is best True. for them. And they take their time on their stuff when they, when they present it. So, I mean, that's why I'm really, really interested in what they're doing for Nintendo, because or I mean uh, mm-hmm. for E3, because apparently they're we well the we're going to talk about that here in a second. That, okay, we're gonna, okay, we're going to talk about some E3 and, and some all that E3 ness, <clears throat> some E3 ness, um, E3. But before we do talk about get into that, um, and we what's going to happen here we in a couple you. weeks, um, we do. Um, so Last of Us Part Two uh, this week did get yes. a PS5 performance boost, so where it is now sixty frames per second. That seems to be the kind of the thing amongst all the popular games right now, which Horizon has yet to get that treatment. But honestly, that game is so gorgeous and moves. I think so it well. might be hard to do Horizon at sixty frames. I, I can honestly, almost. I I, I feel I, like I, you, I would, I would think Theo, you could do. I think you could probably do like a full remaster that's PS five level and get to your sixty frame. But I don't think you can just do a performance boost. I feel I feel like you've mentioned this or you've predict or you've like predicted this that uh 
when when the second game comes out, they're going to roll out a patch for. I think that's I think at the happen. I think oh, that yeah, more so will happen because honestly they're they're prep get, trying to get that game ready to go yeah which I don't know if it will make it for the back half of the year if they don't I don't care take, take as long time. as you need gorilla please take your because time because I want yeah. that game ready to go and not it be looks broken. great um, and speaking of games coming out Ratchet and Clank did go gold over the last week yes so. Ratchet is nearing its its launch, and we're getting a you know a real, true exclusive outside Ready. of Eternal that just came out for everybody. So, all right, so let's talk Summer Game Fest. Jeff Keighley's little project he started um, after you know E three kind of did its thing last year and all that fun stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, it is going to be running June tenth is when it's going to kick off. Now, we know Summer Game Fest, like it did last year, kind of ran across the summer with different events here and there. Um, funny little tidbit, talking about E3, you know, and I did kind of break out the E3 bottle for tonight. Oh. Um, that we got, you know, kind of R.I.P. I more than that. water in here. But uh, E3 starts June 12th. Mm-hmm. So the timing's a little sus, you know, but... Here's who's going to be joining from a publisher and developer standpoint and all that. Okay. Now, most of for, these, this is, this is for Summerfest. This is for summer game fest. Okay. okay. Most of these on this list are not taking part in E3. Oh, okay. 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 So some of these, I will mention the ones that are going to be doing it, but you've got um, frontier gearbox publishing which Gearbox is taking place in E3, so yeah. they're going to have E3 stuff going too. High-res studios, Intersloth, um, Coke Media, Mediatonic, MyHoYo, PlayStation. Oh, one of the big three. Interesting. Is opting out of E3 and doing Summer Game Fest instead? PlayStation is going to have some for Summer Game Fest, which I know they're going to have a, a, a state of play around the time of E3 and, and whatnot, so this makes perfect sense. <clears throat> um but we know that PlayStation really, honestly, they haven't done much. I mean, what, two years ago, it was, it was nothing. No. It was a, a nice place to go relax after being on your feet because that, that carpet that they had was super was plush. Super comf- that was super comfortable. So good. You know, it was great to get off feet. Just so many out. people taking naps on that thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was. Um, so many people. You know. And they had Spider-Man there, and then off in the corner they had Call of Duty, um, but that it was wasn't. It. But it wasn't their boost of yesteryear that right. we came to expect. You know, heck, I can remember the first year going to E3 in 2014. That booth was massive, and it was just like you, you spent time out like on um, in their booth. Yeah, mm-hmm. they had a exactly. bunch of demos. They had a lot of stuff coming mm-hmm. out. You know, they had a lot of incentives to play demos and get like cool. Like I got my first, yeah. you remember that we, we got our first, uh, I got last of us. Sure. No. But uh, stipulation is stipulation is that was prior to going public. Very That's true. true. Very true. That was true. And it wasn't until that it went public, you know, started introducing the gamer tickets and stuff like that, that PlayStation really started pulling away a little bit. I think everybody know? started pulling away. As <laughs> yeah. As that happened. Yeah, and I think from an industry perspective, you know, this is no knock against 
um, the gamer tickets because you have to do something to offset the revenue loss when you have companies like EA leaving, right? And not wanting to be a part Very of true. it. Um, yeah, EA. I mean, for a couple of years, EA was right up front. You know, oh, yeah. you walked in the doors, there's EA. It was the very center of the biggest floor. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but as they decided to leave and go do their own thing, um, other companies started looking at it and, and thinking similar taxes. You have to do something to offset revenue. I, I get it. You don't want to raise prices for your vendors because then they just don't come because they can't afford to do it. So you have to offset revenue somehow. Um, so I, I get it, but it did diminish the show and the show floor. And because I think a lot of it is like from an industry perspective, right? Um, even those, those of us that went on industry passes, um, you know, and that one's for you, Jerry, not us. We, we were in the industry when we were there. Yeah, we were yeah. industry. Um, but that stupid ticket, but here's, Oh God, I can't believe that was later that though. That was money. later. I couldn't believe you dropped the two. I was very impressed. I was very impressed with you. I was very impressed with you. Like That's some dedication. I mean, we, um, Matt and I were definitely ready to just nix the year and just hang out with you, but you just yeah. dropped it like that. No, man, I wasn't going to, no, that's tradition. I wasn't going to let it go. <laughs> um, we got to go. But <laughs> the, the public didn't understand like the, like, kind of like the unspoken rules on, on, on how things move. Right. Mm. You know, you had most of them, you know, running for boost or B, they were just standing out in the middle of the most, the biggest crosswalks and stuff like, you know, crossing areas of the show floor, which led to clogs, you know, of things. Yeah. It was um, like, it was their first convention you know, ever. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you also had the people that, you know, were cutting in lines and stuff like at cyberpunk and whatnot. So it was like, but at you know, the same, at the same time, I don't, I'm not entirely sure ESA anticipated well with the turnout no. in order to handle it. Because like, uh, like a prime example with Jerry and I going to San Diego Comic-Con, like they had people all over the place handling people to make sure that yeah. people were out of the way, had the lines right, cutting off lines early, whatever, yeah. just to keep people moving. And yeah. that was fantastic. Even though it's so massive and so crowded, and but I it still felt, felt controlled as hell. Mm-hmm. But it still felt good and fair. Yeah. So, real quick though, I want to kind of bring us back though, really quick, because yeah. you know we saw the other half of the list <laughs> to even go over. So <laughs> you've got Psionics, Raw Fury, Riot Games, Saber Interactive, Sega, mm-hmm. which is taking place, which is doing E3 and Summer Game Fest. You have Steam. Uh, Square Enix is doing both. Okay. You got okay. Thunderful. Tribeca Festival, Tencent Games, Warner Brothers Games, which is doing both, um, which mm. actually Warner Brothers Games is about to get split in half um, because AT&T is spinning off part of their media division and it's going to be moved over and combined with uh, Discovery Channel. So oh, wow. no, divide, another dividing booth that assets. I really enjoyed in E3 was um, the WB booth. Yep, They're, they always have the, the good booths. Other than 2019, it was just really um, Lego. Yeah, that's true. So but when really but there. when they had but like the Mortal Kombat coming out, the theaters, Arkham, I love the theaters. The Batman, you know, yeah. yeah. We had what? Um, Mortal Kombat, Shadow of Mordor, yeah, Lego, uh, and Batman. Yeah, Batman. All in one. Telltale. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and now Ubisoft. Oh. Is going oh, to no be um, <clears throat> taking part over there as well. 
are they both? are they both yeah um okay. that's oh, my okay. understanding is at least ubisoft's going to have their presentation for that saturday mm. um uh you have wizards of the coast which is interesting because wizards has always been part of e3 true oh wait oh yeah they have they've always they had, had the small back, booth they had the, small the back booth in the back meeting rooms that you could swing by and potentially get the, yeah. the specialty cards and stuff like that and then you have xbox which is doing doing both yeah of course. now um looking at it is two notable names are missing from this list which are nintendo and capcom they're going to be over on the E3 side. Now, Jeff Keighley has said now this could there could be some surprises of what they what they have coming from other developers and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see what else shows up at, at Summer Game Fest. Jeff Keighley has a way of pulling some random crap, you know, that all of a sudden surprises everybody going, oh, this game's real. This game's I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised oh, if we got go. like a couple announcements, but... I think we will. Yeah. Um, so the question I want to pose to you guys, and unfortunately Jason is not here um, to actually answer this on stream, is that with this looking at this lineup, we look at what Summer Game Fest accomplished last year mm. and is looking to potentially accomplish this year. Is Game Fest bigger than E3 now? And is there a place for E3 to fully come back next year? And I mean fully come back in terms of we are standing on the show floor at either the LA Convention Center or the Anaheim Convention Center, wherever oh, yeah. they're actually doing. Next next year, I think E3 can come back. How they come back is the question. Well, How they're going to execute it is going to be a matter of – But is it a matter of them just showing up or – are they going to be worthy enough to want to go? That's the other question. That's the other side of the question, because I think it also is going to depend on Summerfest because uh, I think a lot of pressure is going to be on Summerfest kind of making a big impact to kind of make a competition for E3. And then I, I think all of that is going to come into play because Jeff Keeley's, you know, he's got a lot of pull and he's he obviously bringing a lot of developers and big studios coming in. So that could potentially here's the flip side hurt E3 in a way. It could or does it make E3 go back to being more of a trade show for just media that's, and that's what and I really yeah. industry. That's they're, what I was thinking they're, too. They're they're going to have to rethink their approach. But is and, that a good thing for them and ESA or should they start analyzing I, other conventions and taking into what works for them in order to make it a workable public convention i think they should have been doing that this entire past year with the time that they've had mm-hmm. not like not being open i think it it needs to settle somewhere in between what it was and what pax yeah. is i agree with it you Theo. I, that, I think sweet spot they yeah. need to restructure and really figure out how they're going to present it because yeah the whole the the year we went when they went public it just because that's literally all they did was just open the doors was missing yeah it always felt like something was missing that year Mm -hmm. so i i I agree i they need to they need to rethink their their approach you got to figure 2019 right which unfortunately you know i didn't have my industry pass anymore so it was under game pass and stuff which i'm grateful they had game pass trust me (laughs) um 
Oh, yeah, but especially at that price. We were talking, yes. though, like, Thursday was dead. Like, oh, yeah. so dead. The media Everybody bounced, was gone. And it was just public. And, and, and the other, just the, you know, the other problem that life. we were running into, like, the first couple days were uh, they kept trying to sell tickets. So, like, that's why we were running into those problems with people cutting in lines and, you know, uh, like the lines being so long and and bombarded with uh, so many people mm-hmm. is because they didn't set a cap. And, you know, those first couple of days, they kept selling tickets. Right. And then finally they cut it off after a while. But, yeah, and then what happened? The very last day where we still want to utilize, yeah. it was dead. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think that ESA and in E3 that they they need to choose one side, whether it be just all public and learn and, and mm. learn from the others in order to be a good public invention or go on the other side, go to the trade back and think about all the companies because all the companies there when it was a trade show had a blast. Yeah. Everybody was involved. Even, even the smallest people yeah. from the companies were able to uh, attend and be a part of it. Uh, not not even lower than the devs or anything mm-hmm. like that. They were because there was a guy that I met that was just normal IT mm-hmm. for one of the games and just support and was be able to. I think the on one the that stands and out. I also feel like it was more controlled too. And it was such mm-hmm. a different environment when it was tra- trade show. And yeah, that's what made E three special in comparison to other ones. So I it, it's either. Mm-hmm go with the popular vote or whatever mm-hmm. and just kind of meld in or set yourself apart. I think you can do, I can think you can do both. So here's, here's why really I think it's really hard to do both. What we talked about this before though. And I think is what you do is you maybe extend E3 by a day or two mm-hmm. and you have, and like have two industry days, days, two days that is specifically for the media and industry. Right. Yeah. Um, all of us that are out there in the space that are the podcasters, the content creators, you know, we have those couple of days ahead of time. Then you do the, like the last two days are open to the public. You know, you sell X amount of tickets, right? Um, and then, you know, industry, if you didn't get to go in for those two days, well, you're just going to have to deal with being in line with the public for some of these booths. Yeah. Media will still be able to get their, you know, straggler appointments with, with everybody to, to meet with them, talk about the games and whatnot like that. But I think if you do a couple of days ahead of time, that's just media only. Mm-hmm. I think that will take care of that piece. And then you have the, the couple of, to, to really get in the public, right? Because honestly, one of the best things is word of mouth, right? And a lot of these publishers that are going to be there aren't going to be doing the public demos that Game Fest is going to be doing, mm-hmm. you know? Game Fest, again, is probably going to be doing something through Steam where here's all the different demo games, go play them, which I'm not on PC, so I don't, I don't get to partake in that. So if I had something like E3 to go to, then I could go get hands-on with the game, play it, and then my word of mouth helps advertise the game even more so. Yeah. Follow-up question. So if that if that model were to be used, do you end up thinking that it would be the host running E3's responsibility to be able to handle the influx on the public days or on the exhibitors to be able to handle that change. ESA. ESA should get those because a lot of those people are volunteers too. They, that's what they they should work on. For the exhibitors, it's volunteers. Yeah. Because a lot of the ESA workers work behind the scenes and they're just running the show. They're not even on the floor. I say both. So here's what I say is, so 
with I think that'll come down to either or. I think and ESA I think it should go to needs ESA. to put a cap on the amount of public tickets they do. Agreed. And not try and that sell more agreed. later on because they did have a cap and then all of a sudden they released more right there at E3. Which right, easily you know. seen at um, other conventions like PAX and Comic-Con yeah. and all Yeah. So you cap it at, say, maybe 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, whatever you want to do, right? Because if you're going to do a media... So crazy. But here's the thing, though, is if you do media and industry having their own two days, right, ahead of all of that, then 50,000 is not bad. No, I know. It's just uh, I'm um, just baffled with the whole like even with like sports centers dude, or whatever is like we were, hundred thousand and it's like oh my god that number sounds say one amazing. Of years, but then you just see the building and it's like eh, maybe not. But it's one of the years we were there was eighty thousand people went through those doors. Oh my god! You know, at some point, you know, right coming and going that I mean I've been where's my hand days, sanitizer right? for <laughs> <laughs> right? masks? Um, but I think you do both. I think ESA needs a cap the amount of tickets mm-hmm. and it needs to be a hard cap. Don't do this whole, well, we're going to release more tickets later on. Right. But then also the studio, like the developers and stuff like that that are there for the demos, right? You do, you cap your line or you do what Nintendo does, which is, which was fantastic with the warp pipe passes. Yeah. Where that was a you great... go sign up online, you get your slots oh, yeah. and then, um, you know, if there's any other slots left, you know, left over, whatever, you can go try and get in line or whatever and be done with it. But at least if you sign up for those, that's great. And I think if you limit it to one, you know, like um, Square Enix started doing with Final Fantasy VII. Granted, I, I got, got in before, the, before they did it, before they started scanning patches, yeah, yeah. so I got two chunks. <laughs> um, but I think if you you do what they did where it's you get one demo per person. Mm-hmm. across whatever X and that was great yeah and then that's fine each person gets their own time through it and that's that's fine it gives more chances to everybody else to play the games um i think you do you do something like that and you can um i'm glad you put that Newman. stipulation for that because limiting it per person because that's yeah. one of the kind of the things that I don't I like mean, about the cap is that it's the same thing with trying to get tickets that are capped. Like you have everybody online refreshing, trying to get it within and everything sold out within the first 30 seconds. Yeah. And, and kind of like the whole the that's Sony, be, yeah, uh, the Sony, the Sony one that we one year beforehand. Yes. Yeah, we had to get creative with that. That you could. Yeah, we did. But that was the same thing. You had to be creative <laughs> with the other people that you were with in order to. Yep increase your chances we did yeah exactly the same thing I mean, with comic-con that we had to be like jerry didn't get in i had to get in and i had to get his ticket on it or whatever i mean not but, gonna but lie if you right? limit by person then you have yeah. that opportunity like maybe you won't get the slot that you desired but you have a chance to still go period like we did with warp pipe passes Right, right for Luigi's Mansion, Pokemon, and well, you and Zelda. you and I got as you know, many as we possibly could. We grabbed <laughs> we grabbed our maximum. You know, we shared them amongst everybody who weren't able to get them. Like you know, one of mine went to Jason, and then you know, no Theo, think, one of yours went to Jason. One of, my, one of mine went to Austin because yeah, Austin, Stark, Austin and I think you know, friend of another one of mine went to. Um, I think me from I don't, uh, I don't know. I think I think you. I think we gave it to a random. Um, yeah, we just did some. Well. I think we did a random yeah. too, but it was one of those ones like Austin Stark, a uh, friend of the podcast who um, is head of Fixture Gaming. Which honestly, this is this is not a paid plug, but the Fixture we will always S1 plug the Fixture <laughs> is great. It's such um, a good, still, such a good, still idea. one of the we, best 
switch accessories. Yep. Yes. We, we all have one. Um, I have one of the original OG ones before the redesign. Um, and I have our official podcast one hanging around. It's a trash game on the back of it. Um, you know, even the original was great. And honestly, for those that have the bigger hands like I do, I you can't play the Switch for long periods of time with it, this it's design. So good. I think, it's not really I think even with smaller hands, you really can't because it's just um, that. So, like, honestly, it's I, so love linear. Playing, yeah. I love playing with the Pro Controller on the Switch. And Austin's <clears> design with this, the Fixture S1 is great. It's fantastic. And um, I wholly, wholly recommend it. Um, yeah. You know, you can get them. You can find them on Amazon now. He actually did get it listed on there. Um, but it's so awesome. I, don't even I have just seen the controller. Just a, uh, it's just a stand as well. So it's yeah. just yeah. versatile. And, and um, I just, Amazon, did, just did a review on it, too. Yep. Oh, did she? Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. You know, half the, you know, Andrew and A from What's Good Games has one. Kind of funny. The crew has a couple of those. Um, one of the guys from Marvel happens to have one as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Honestly, um, for anyone that wants to go take a look at what we're talking about, just go to fixturegaming.com. It's, you know, great little thing. He shows the product, what it can do and everything like that. But um, we love Austin. But yeah, he, he was there on site. We'd been talking to him before and, and I, you know, shared a conversation and whatnot and did a review for it, which the review is still on crashinggamenight.com. Um, but yeah, he showed up to the show. We made sure to hang out with him, you know? Yeah. Hey, come hang out with us, you know? He was there doing his thing because it's, to him, it's, it is an industry show. So he was trying to get people interested in buying his product two years ago, yeah. which now it's huge. He's on, like I said, he's on Amazon selling them now. A lot of people are talking about it. Um, but he didn't have a chance to get some of those things. So I said, hey, here, take my Luigi's Mansion. Oh, go, yeah, yeah. go play the game, go enjoy it, go enjoy yourself. Um, we made sure to take him over to, you know, the kind of funny meet and greet, um, which he knows the kind of funny guys from doing a meet and greet that was actually here in Tempe. Mm. Um, that's how he ended up hooking up with them at one point. Oh, cool. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, it was at Portillo's down there in Tempe. Um, oh, sweet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not a while back. Um, but yeah, so I sound like I, such locals. <laughs> You know what, though? What's sad is, like, I'm already acclimating to, like, the highways and everything, like, the 202, the 24, the 60, you know? It's oh like, you know, like, we we got the boys set up with a pediatrician, you know, and my wife's like, oh, you know, here's, here's where it's at. It's on Ellsworth. And I'm like, oh, I know where that's at. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know how it does, <laughs> you know, the little curve? Yeah, yeah. there it is. Um, so I'm getting used to all that. Like, I know that I can go down two roads and get to where I need to. Like, I'm at the point now with some of the places I normally go. I don't need Siri anymore because um, I can just I just know where to go. So um, it, it's easier ac- getting acclimated here than it was in Virginia. That's for sure. Um, Man, Virginia's but, roads were so strange. There's so many turns and interconnections with right. interstates and everything. Like, it's just oh so, God. yeah, it's different. Yeah. But, uh, and everything looks no, the same with all the trees. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't miss the wall of trees when I'm driving. Around, <laughs> that's for sure. So, oh, <clears throat> anyway, so Theo, what you been playing? Uh, I haven't been playing too much. Uh, a little bit of MTG with Matt was. A nice refresher. It's been a long time since Matt. You got to introduce the upgraded mill. Which I still stipulate that if 
like like we said, if my angels had ramped up, I would have owned your ass. I was close. <laughs> you had two life left at the end until I actually mm-hmm. milled myself. Uh, oh, I, I got what I needed. That's it's all that matters. <laughs> I knew what was coming in that deck, so. I started up on uh, Season of the Splicer on Destiny 2. Uh, getting Trying to get ready for Vault of Glass if I can. Oh, that's right. You I got, got, a, they're you got a new back. DLC coming out. Yeah, they're yeah. They're bringing back Vault? Yeah, they're bringing back Vault from D1. Sweet. Uh, Are they is, bringing back the weapons too? Um, most of them. Not all, yeah. but most of them. And there's still going to be raid weapons, which is nice. Uh, you won't have like some of the iconic ones like Fatebringer that we loved and the Scout Rifle. Mine was the Scout unless the you Unless you already have them. Nope. They no, nerfed cause, them. Because that was D1. That was yeah, D1. It's a separate game. Dude, I oh. lost those. Oh, I lost wow. those at the beginning of D2. It was like they couldn't even touch anything from D2. Yeah. Base weapons. Uh, other than that, uh, just trying to train as much as I can. I, I did decide I'm going to continue doing some tournaments for this season. So I got two left for the season to see how I do. Where we got sweet. Uh, end of July is Dublin, Ohio for Buckeye. Um, mm-hmm. And then two weeks later is back to Richmond for nationals again. Uh, I need, I need to. Hopefully it's not a torrential downpour. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't. Didn't I go around the same time last year? Yeah, it, it, this rain wasn't yeah. too bad. I think we. Only oh no, had that was no. There was a torrential. Twice. There was a torrential there was, rain. Yeah. There was one where place. you were worried it was going to get. Oh yeah, canceled. that's right. There was one day you thought it was going to get canceled. That's right, and that area <coughs> didn't get hit as hard. But yeah, no. But I need I need to make up for how royally bad I did that that tournament last time. So. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Well, good luck to and, you. And yes, you you have no choice. You have to finish it because you finished this last one. So you don't have a choice now. Yes. And did very well. Yes. I did do very well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I what's, appreciate that. What's Newman starting crap now? PC Master. Dude, don't don't be bringing that PC Master Race crap in here. <laughs> Doing the best Jason imitation while I've been I playing mean, FF4 Toshi. <laughs> Still, everything I'm playing is on PC. Okay, hold on. Even playing MTG on PC. So, I don't know if Jason's listening to us or not, but Newman put in chat, doing his best Jason imitation. While I've been playing FF14 and some Division 2, now that Matt and Jerry aren't, and a few free games from Epic, of course. (laughs) Spot on, Newman. How's it going? How's it going? You're the best, dude. That's good. Jerry, um, a little bit of Mass Effect. Uh, I haven't been playing too much this week, um, you know, with the new job. So I've been yeah. training, but uh, now that I'm, it's been it, it has been kind of hard, like getting back to like normalcy, like normal adult uh, schedule. Mm. I'm, it's it's been that's been kind of a mean like losing freedom, <laughs> kind of. But also having some structure, but also like I've had to, I've lately had to be more responsible, like uh, I should go to bed because I get up. Yeah, I have to get up early in the morning. Like, oh, I have to wake up. Yeah, it's, <laughs> That's I, I'm not I'm not all over the place now. So, uh, yeah, it's been an adjustment. So I'm trying to do that and get used to having after five and over being the time where I can get things done. So it's been 
yeah, it's been an adjustment. So um, yep. I'm going to get back to it now that I'm getting a little acclimated and a little bit more responsible. So I'll get back to playing mm-hmm. online and uh, playing more uh, Mass Effect. Yes. How about you, man? So, yeah, so um, I did start at Mass Effect. Um, we I did stream Monday and Tuesday this week um, on our Twitch channel. Um, just about a 45 minutes to an hour each session, just kind of a kind of get back into the swing of things, the streaming for us. Um, I'm still in the Citadel. Um, I just picked up Rex and Garrus. So I left off at just uh, picking up uh, Garrus. Yeah. Um, so we're getting ready to head to Cora's Den. Um, but I finished uh, Legend of the Skyfish, which is the one I talked about doing it. So I finished the PS4 run, um, that okay. version. So nice. all I have to do is finish the run on the Vita and all the platinum, the second platinum for that. Um, you know, so I got one platinum. <laughs> it's cheap platinum, but um, not a bad game. Um, overall, I like that game, I have it on Switch. What, Legend of Skyfish? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's all right. It's not bad. Um, controls are a little finicky on it, you know, in terms of timing and, and whatnot. Um, I, I like did that be, it's a little mindless. It is a little mindless, but it's as you get into mindless. that final that final area, the mm. arid islands, it's a you have to pay attention because <laughs> there's a <laughs> lot of moving around. Um, I did beat Sackboy. Oh, um, nice. Last nice. night. Um, so... That's beaten. Now I'm just working on their equivalent of the Star Road that Mario uh, Super Mario World had on the Super oh, Nintendo. Okay. Um, just a couple of the bonus stuff, but the game is beaten. Um, I beat Vex and stuff last night. So, um, yeah, I've and then working on knitted trials for that. And then uh, you know that's really it. I haven't played a, a ton of other stuff really. Um, other than, you know, Animal Crossing, I, you know, I missed a couple of days too. Like, I just didn't feel like playing too much, you know. Um, I haven't I, opened it in months. I did get a uh, article written for the website. Um, it was talking about the whole PlayStation Monopoly thing um, that we talked mm. about on the podcast as well, but I actually wrote an article about it. Um, so that's up on the website as well. Yeah, boy. So I'm going to try and start writing a little bit more. And I need to finish Ask of Wattis still, um, as well as Ready Player Two. I need to get back into reading a little bit at night, I think, to kind of wind down. I still need to buy that book. Um, which one, Ready Player Two? Yeah, I've been uh, stuck reading my uh, <laughs> my other comics. <laughs> stuck. Stuck, right. Okay. Uh, a- X-Men is, a, as, is still ongoing. Oh, Thor is ongoing. Yeah. Oh, stop sounding like you're complaining that you have to read X-Men. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm not complaining <laughs> so. at all. I, I love it. And this new run is amazing. Mm-hmm. X X Men's coming uh, back, and I can't, I can't wait to see what they're going to do for the MCU. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. So, yeah. um, for any for everybody that stopped in tonight over the course of the the stream, you know, thank you guys for for crashing game night with us. Um, you know, and for those that have followed us, uh, we did break a hundred followers on our Twitch channel, which Ooh. is big. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's taken a little while to grow up because I mean, honestly, yeah, we had that initial burst but it you know we're a podcast we don't it's stream still, all the we've time we've only been on so, twitch for how long you. yeah five man months. less than five actually we started december 17th is when oh, we went live that's so awesome just five months so i want to thank everybody who's been following us supporting us along the way um and then um for everyone that is tuning in on the audio feed um this weekend when it drops thank you guys for for listening to us every week um 
you know, like I said last week, hopefully we're bringing a little bit of joy, some laughter and stuff. Um, so your lives kind of give you that little bit of a distraction while we give you kind of the news and, and our, our take on it. Um, but if you're listening, saving up these points for cod, Jerry kills are the equivalent of <laughs> Newman. All right, man, well, man, he's Newman on a roll that, today. Newman knows that. Hey, when it comes down to it, Hey, you may not even have to pay me for it. I may just Newman. You may just have to say, Hey, I need you to do me a favor and we'll go ahead and do it. But you know, um, you know, but thank you guys. Thank you for your support. But that's when you have to um, throw out um, Black Ops 3 and just freaking Mannequin Armum. It was like so annoying. So annoying. It really is. It it's really so was annoying. so annoying. It was annoying. so annoying. <laughs> just out of nowhere. Where did you okay, come hold from? Freaking ninja. <laughs> like, dude, it's like, I, like, there was even times that I was like, dude, I saw you on the kill feed just two seconds ago. Yeah. You were dead. <laughs> So let me ask you a question. Was it more annoying that I killed you with a mannequin arm or the fact that after I did it, I clapped over your body? The clap. Yeah, it's more, the kill bothers me. The, the no, fact that you the got the clap. kill on me just kind of, yeah. This is the clap. So <laughs> with that though, guys, you know, thank you guys. And for those that are new to watching us um, or listening to us, you know, please make sure to follow us um, on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Um, give us that support. Make sure to, you know, give us those, those ratings on like on Apple podcasts and stuff like that. Cause it does help me the rate, you know, with the please. ratings and discoverabilities and stuff like that. So please. Um, also, you know, head on over to crashing Check out those articles. We'll start getting those back up and running on a more consistent basis. Like we were doing Follow um, us on Twitch. So we can catch our live streams when we do do them. And as always guys, just, be asking with each other and stay frosty. And as Jason says, be kind and rewind. Yay, yay. <laughs> Nerds. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, yeah, hit that subscribe button. Go to our merch store. Go to our website. Oh, we got it all, quick. baby. So you're talking about the merch store. So real quick, guys. Um, also want to touch base on this before we head out. Um, on our Twitch homepage. Um, so we have integrated our merch store into that. But we have asked this week. We've also started uh, charity-wise for Able Gamers. Yeah. So oh, nice. Um, we do have a donation little tab right there on our, uh, you know, our about section right there. So please, guys, uh, it is a great cause. Um, something that Paul Lane, who is a previous guest of ours, is you know he helps out with them a lot too. Um, you know, and is a huge supporter of them. Um, but yes, um, you know, their whole mission is to bring, you know, the power of gaming um, to those that, uh, you know, with disabilities that aren't able to do that. So please, you know, if you've to got be a unable, chance, yes. you know, co, you know, go over to the homepage, you know, drop a donation, whatever you guys can, it'd be great. Um, but yeah, we're starting to do a, Anything a drive for them, speaking that everything <clears throat> helps on that. So anyway, sorry about that, Jerry, go ahead. No problem, yeah. dude. No problem. That was an important, uh, you know, uh, PSA. Yeah. PSA. Thanks. Uh, also to the uh, listeners and viewers and our fans worldwide. <laughs> I'm getting a little overzealous. No, uh, worldwide. Guys, please. Uh, once again, um, just show your support. Magic man. <laughs> uh, show your support, guys, for Black Lives Matter. Uh, stop the Asian hate. Um, once again, whatever you can do to, to just show your support. Um, you know, it's that hate is still out there. We're still having problems. Let's just continue trying to just be kind and and show support and, you know, s- spread the love and uh, and be safe out there. All right, Theo.
Theo. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, we'll catch you next time. Until then, TTFN, ta-ta for now. Good night, everybody.